Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. We might speak words of encouragement and truth that would lead them to the throne of grace. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. The subject we're using this morning is the peril of falling away. As I told you last Sunday, the message will be designed to primarily speak to those within the church that are not saved. And I'm sure that you are immediately thinking, well, that's a contradiction in terms. For surely a person who is a part of the church is saved. And that is one of the biggest stumbling blocks that we have within our teaching and preaching today is the assumption, and I quote assumption, that because one has done some particular thing like be baptized, like join the church, like attend services, that that means he is saved. It ought to mean that, but it does not necessarily mean that. One is baptized, or one becomes a member of a church, or one attends church in obedience and response to one's faith, one's belief in Jesus Christ, but the two do not necessarily correlate I cannot say this morning, and would not expect anyone to infer whatever, that anybody within the hearing of my voice is not saved, for we cannot say that. Whether or not a person is a believer in Jesus Christ and has trusted him as Lord and Savior is a very, very personal thing. And only you and your God will know for sure what your spiritual uh, situation is. Jesus gave us a parable and gave it to the disciples on one occasion when they wanted to, to really tear into the people and try to sort them out and say these are saved and these aren't. He's, he gave them the story of the wheat and the tares. He said you shall not go into a wheat field early and try to pick out the weeds that were called the tares because sometimes you can't tell the difference. There is a weed that looks so very much like wheat. I remember when I was a boy being sent into the cornfield to, to pull up weeds, to hoe them out, and I discovered that, the, that in the early stages of corn growth, there were some weeds that looked very much like the corn, and I had difficulty telling them apart. And my grandfather told me, if you don't know the difference, leave it alone. I'd rather you leave the weeds than to pull up the corn. And this is true. When it comes to one's relationship to Jesus Christ, we cannot distinguish as a church or I as a preacher as to what person is saved or lost within a congregation. But the Lord knows, and those of us who are here this morning, you know if you're saved or if you're lost. But you must not make your decision upon whether you have been baptized or whether you have joined the church 
Billy Graham has said that the greatest mission field in the world today is inside the church, and I believe he's exactly right. We have multitudes of people who affirm their faith in Christ based upon their membership in the church. One of the things that I notice as I read the obituaries, and I don't want mine written that way. I hope you don't write yours that way, or have it written. A person will be listed as a member of various organizations and included in that, in that listing is also the member of a church. I have never in my life seen the statement in the obituary, he was a Christian. That's the phrase I want in my obituary. I want to be known as a Christian. And then you can put after that, if, if you want, that he was a member of a particular church. They do not necessarily correlate. The scripture that we have read this morning deals with the problem of people who have made a profession, who have looked at the scripture, who have considered Christ, who have done all the things that are necessary, but came away without a decision to really accept him as Lord and Savior. Now if we would go back to the 11th verse of the 5th chapter and read these words. He says concerning him that is concerning Christ. We have much to say that it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. What did he mean? There is a danger folks. There is a real danger in coming to church in being a part of the church at the same time not accepting Jesus Christ because our ears hear and hear and hear and hear to the point that we don't hear anymore it's the very same type of thing as when our moms or our dads particularly our mothers would do this I'm sure more than our dads would say, I'm going to beat you, or I'm going to whip you, or I'm going to make you stay in, or I'm going to do all these things if you don't behave. And all at the same time, we heard the words, but didn't pay any attention. And it went on and on and on until our ears never heard anymore, and we suddenly started mimicking mom or dad and repeating the same words. We were hearing the words, but we're not hearing the meaning. The gospel of Jesus Christ has been preached so long in this country. Most people have heard the gospel. All of you have heard it year after year after year. You have heard there is a need to personally accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to the point that ears are dull of hearing. One of the real tragedies in the life hereafter will be the reunion of those people who have claimed to be Christian and based it upon their church membership in hell. There will be a reunion folk in hell of the members of the Olive Branch Missionary Baptist Church who were not saved. Your salvation is not based upon your membership. 
but it's based upon what you have done with Jesus Christ. Now he begins in the sixth chapter by saying, leaving these elementary teachings about Christ. He is not saying that we should discard our basic principles, our basic teachings about Christ and the gospel. There are some things that we can never get away from and should never. He's not talking about that. What he is saying is, there are those people who have held on to the old ideas as to what makes one saved to the point that they're going to lose their soul in the process. Now, let me point out what we're talking about. He is saying, leave, get away from the idea that the way to be saved is to turn from bad to good. Now, listen to me. Most people still hold in the world and society, hopefully not in the church, but even in the church there are some, who hold to the idea that I'm going to change from being bad to, to being good, and that's going to guarantee me eternal life. I've had many people say to me, I'm going to hell if I don't change my ways. Folks, changing your ways is not going to keep you out of hell. Changing your heart and its relationship to Jesus Christ will. But you can't suddenly decide to be good. And that will make one saved. He goes on to say that you ought to forget about your belief in God. I have never met a person who did not believe in God. There are some I hear, but I've never met them. But listen, there is not a person in this congregation this morning, I am convinced, but what believes in God. Everybody does that. But this is not enough. One must receive the Son of God as his personal Savior. Without that, there is no salvation. So people are being mistaken in thinking, all I've got to do is believe in God. And that will bring salvation. It will not. He goes on to say that you want to leave the laying on of hands. He's not talking about laying on of hands as we sometimes talk about in the church. But when a pastor or a deacon is ordained, the deacons and pastors come up and lay their hands on a person and in the ordination process. He's talking about the Old Testament process when they, they brought a goat and they laid their hands on the head of that goat, the priest did, for the people, symbolized that their sins were transferred to the goat and then they took him out into the wilderness and turned the goat loose. He was called the scapegoat. We use that term today. That's exactly where it came from. They transferred their sins to the goat, and the goat carried their sins away. So, there's no more goat. It's a lamb. It's the lamb sent from God that will take our sins and carry our sins away. There was one problem in the Old Testament. There was never any assurance for what that goat might wander back into camp. I'd like to know what those people did when they saw the goat coming down Main Street that they just took out into the desert. There came all their sins back again. But let me tell you, 
When our sins are transferred to the Lamb of God, He takes away the sin of the world completely and finally. He said, forget about washing. That's baptism. Many people think to be saved, or if I baptize, I'm saved. If you were not saved before you were baptized, that baptismal didn't mean a thing. As an old preacher friend of mine used to say, you just went in the water, a, wet, a dry duck, and you came out a wet one, and that's really all that made any difference. Because it's what takes place in the heart that counts. That baptism is nothing but a symbol, an indication to the world that something has transpired in the soul. Okay, let's go on. Down to verse 4. Those who have once been enlightened, you see that word enlightened? Those who have become aware of what the truth really is, a mental awareness, those who are informed, those who have been taught. He's talking about those people. I'm going over to, to 2 Peter. You want to go with me to chapter 2. I want, to, I want you to notice some words in 2 Peter chapter 2. Verses 20 and 21. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. Now here's the verse I want you to notice. Verse 21. For it would be better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than have known it to turn away from the holy commandment delivered to them. What's he talking about? It is a dangerous thing to have had the gospel preached and then say no to it. It is better for a person had he never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ than to have heard it and said no. Now listen to me, I'm going to repeat it. In the end, finally, when it's all said and done, when this world is over and one stands before the judgment seat of Christ, it will be better for a person on that day to have come from darkest Africa, from the paganism of New Guinea, than to have sat in the Olive Branch Baptist Church and heard the gospel preached and said no. Those who have been enlightened, then he goes on and uses another verse, another word in verse 4, it's the word tasted. Those who have tasted, now let's spend a little time on that, and I'll have to hurry it, but I want to spend a little time on it. To illustrate, I believed that my kids should eat Brussels sprouts when they were growing up, and they believed they should not. Basically, they believed they should not because they got that teaching from their mother. I was the only one who wanted them. I insisted that the kids had to at least taste everything that was served. If they did not like it, they didn't have to eat it, but they at least had to taste it. The heads were already shaking no as the Brussels sprout was heading toward the teeth. And that Brussels sprout just touched the teeth where there are no uh, touch cells. Didn't quite get to the tongue when they started spitting it out. 
they had already decided that it wasn't good and they weren't going to accept it. They never swallowed it under any circumstances. They had fulfilled my requirement and got by. But they at least had to taste. The problem is, Jesus here is talking about a person who is not going to be saved, who has tasted. He didn't say who has swallowed, he said who has tasted. You can taste of that which is good from God and reject it. John 6.51 says, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he shall live forever. Listen, if you eat, if you take into your body, if you accept the Lord Jesus Christ in, his, uh, in what he has offered, you're doing more than tasting. You can taste of the gospel, but you can say, no, I don't want it, I reject it. And you're lost. He goes on to another verse, or word in verse uh, 4 also, the word partakers. Say, so, uh-oh, now, preacher, you're wrong here. This is talking about a person who has accepted Jesus Christ and he decides that he no longer wants it, he can backslide to the point of being lost. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going to have to understand what partaker means. We've got to go to the Greek. The Greek word for partaker in our language today means association. He is only talking about people who have heard the word, who have tasted a little bit of it, and who have been associated with it. That's all he's talking about. There are many people who have been associated with the church. They have heard the gospel. They have been associated with things that are going on. They have been in revival meetings and preaching services. They have been in Sunday school. They have been enlightened. They have heard the word. They have had a little taste of it. They have been associated. But they have rejected. Now this is who he's talking about down in verse 5 and 6. And having tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away. Notice that? Fallen away. Those who have rejected. You see, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people in Jesus' day had taken a little taste and they had said, I don't want anything to do with him. On the day of the triumphal entry, they went in front of him shouting and praising and putting down their garments and laying down palm leaves. They were tasting and they say, my, how marvelous this is. But came, when it came Friday, they were shouting, crucify him, crucify him. We don't want to have anything to do with him. A person who hears the gospel of Jesus Christ and says no has rejected him and he can't be saved. Until he turns from that attitude. And the trouble is many people will never turn. There are many people who come to church and sing, Oh, how I love Jesus, who are lying. There are many people who said, I'm a member of the church, who are lying. They may be a member of this physical body, but they're not a part of the church of Jesus Christ, which is a part of his body. They're shouting on one day, praise the Lord. They're shouting the next day, crucify him. Listen, folk, if you shout both sides, you shout both statements, you're not saved. 
I don't care if you are a member of this church. You crucify the person of Jesus Christ in your daily walk. And you could be a member of this church for a hundred years and not be saved. And it's impossible, he says, to renew this type of person. Why? Because they have quit hearing. Now let me, let me before you get too excited, let me tell you. This is not teaching at all that you can lose your salvation. If you were ever saved, you are still saved and you will always be saved. And we can quote verse after verse after verse that proves this in the scripture. If you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are saved at that point and you will be saved the day you die. And there will be no chance of you losing your salvation. If you don't believe that, you see me after the service and I'll give you a list of scriptures to prove it. We don't have time this morning. But this passage is talking about people who have never received the Lord Jesus Christ. They may have undergone all of the physical things of baptism and church membership, but they've never received him. The opportunity for salvation is very, very slim to those in this category. Go to the last two verses where he talks about ground that is soaking up water. When it rains, it rains on good ground and it rains on bad ground. Good ground will receive that water and it will produce something. Bad ground will maybe produce a few thorns and a few thistles. It's all worthless. But notice what the Lord says. This is talking about different kinds of hearers. People who hear the gospel and those who receive it and those who don't. Those that receive the rain will receive a blessing from God. The last phrase of verse 7. But look at verse 8. But if that ground yields thorns and thistles, notice what it says. It is worthless and is close to being cursed. And the end is burned up. That's talking about the final judgment. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? I didn't ask you, are you a member of the Olive Branch Baptist Church? Or have you been baptized? Or are you a member of any church? I want to know this morning, and I want you to answer the question, are you saved? Have you personally received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? And you may need to swallow a little pride. Say, my goodness, what would people think of me? I'm a member of this church if I suddenly say I'm not saved. If you don't know if you're saved, you ought to be making sure. Don't depend on your church membership to get you into heaven because it won't do it. Only a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ when you put your, your life in his hands can you be saved. Those who are not saved, who are members of a church, the Lord is saying are close to being cursed. And the end of their life will be fire. Of course, that's the judgment. So what is he going to say to you? Will he say, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels? Or will he say, come thou blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world? Where are you in your relationship to Jesus Christ? Not where are you in relationship to this church? 
It's personal. If you do not know if you're a Christian, you ought to make sure. If you are not a Christian, you ought to become one this morning. And we invite you to come forward as we sing our invitation hymn. If you're a member of another church and want to become a part of this church by the transfer of your membership, you do that. But most particularly, if you're not a Christian, whether a member of a church or not, if you're not a Christian, you have never really given your heart to the Lord, you ought to do it this morning. Because you're close to being cursed, says the Word of God. Shall we pray? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.